Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Kimber Lovett-Minkiti. And I'm Wendy Papazan. And you guys, today I'm so excited. We have someone really special with us, uh, a good friend of mine. Gosh, how long have we known each other? Mm, eight years? Eight, something, ten, something, something like that. Yeah. Eight, ten, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got Nikki Miller with us. Um, and for those of you that don't have the privilege of knowing Nikki, Nikki is the founder and CEO of the Lead Syndicate, which is the first of its kind leverage, um, which is exclusively optimized for individual real estate agents. And in addition to that, she is the chairman of Keller Williams Kids Can, which is one of uh, Keller Williams nonprofits. She runs a residential real estate team in LA. She's a former team leader. She was, a. I was looking at your LinkedIn this afternoon. You used to be a financial analyst. Like I didn't Surprise. know that. Surprise. Yeah. I feel like you worked for the NFL I did. at one point as well. And uh, you're one of how many sisters? Like I'm one of seven? eight. I have seven sisters. Okay. She's one of eight sisters and uh, the wife of a busy Hollywood, I don't know, he's not a, what does he do? Visual effects producer. Visual effects producer. I knew he was some kind of producer. And she's a mom. So a mom. welcome, Nikki Miller. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you guys for having yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eight sisters. That's a lot. I always think it's nine, but it's really, you're one of eight. Well, it's, I mean, if you've seen Hunger Games, it's, it's not dissimilar. Like it's, it was, I just think Hunger Games without weapons, like most, mostly without weapons. That's, that was, yeah, that was, that's that. that. Well, and what you told me is that you were raised by your dad mainly, and um, he really wanted a boy. And so you guys are all kind of tomboyish. Yeah. I mean, well, I was raised definitely by both my parents, but the reason I have so many sisters is that my dad just wanted a boy that badly. And mm. the beauty of it, you know, what I, what I came to find later is that he was, he was for all intents and purposes as parents, as a parent goes, he was really hard on us. He still is really mm. hard on us. And, mm. and I used to just loathe him for it. I mean, I grew up in a place where, uh, in an area where it wasn't uncommon for, for kids to have a, a nice cushy life. And, and I just didn't have that. I mean, we didn't have that in general. It wasn't available, but he, even if it had been at that time, it wouldn't have been available to me. And it wasn't until much later that I realized what a what an incredible gift it was that he gave me. I mean, it wasn't until I became an adult and got into business that I realized there was so many things that people just don't talk to young women about. Like, they just don't teach their daughters. And when I met friends that didn't know about money, I was like, well, why don't you know about money? Why didn't, why didn't your parents teach you about money? Why don't you know about business? Why don't you know how to work hard? Why don't you know how to build these things for yourself? And nobody taught them. That wasn't available to them. And it very much was to me. So um, I got very lucky. That way. I love that. I love that. Well, welcome. Uh, so, today we're just going to do kind of a deep dive into your life and kind of the empire you're built. So, why don't you tell us in your own words a little bit about what you've been building? Yeah. So, the, the biggest thing I've been building is the Lead Syndicate. And as you mentioned earlier, it's a first of its kind leverage platform that's exclusively and specifically optimized for individual real estate agents. So, for all intents and purposes, we give them all the support, all the infrastructure, all the benefits of being on a team or as if they had built their own team, but they get to keep their brand. They don't have to go through the, the stress and anxiety and challenges of building it themselves or don't have to go through the process of giving up their brand and their production in order to be under a team. So it was really the first model like that that was available to people, uh, to individuals specifically, and that was all was and always has been 
specifically optimized for them. And I started that in January of 2021 and had a lot of people tell me I was absolutely crazy. They were like, teams is teams are where it's at. Teams are the future. Teams, 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 teams. And I said, you know, I, I think something needs to be made and, and a stand needs to be made for the individual real estate agent. I think that there's something that needs to be created that's exclusively and specifically for them that allows them to win in the way that they define winning. And so, I, like I said, I launched that company in January of 2021. And since then, so now, now almost three years later, or maybe when this comes out exactly three years later, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, we've launched in, we're now in over 160 locations across 29 states. Um, serving hundreds of agents across the country because it turns out there's a lot of agents just like me out there who wanted a different way to approach their business. So that's that's probably the biggest empire I've built. But as you said, I'm also a, a wife and a mama. I'm the co-host of the One Thing podcast and involved in that organization, which I'm really proud of and really excited about. And uh, and you know have business other businesses and investments and all of those things. Uh, and and busy busy mama just like everybody who's listening to this. <laughs> I love, I love that. that. Yeah. What about prior to that? Like, Nikki, you saw this gap. It sounds like you were living it, right, mm-hmm. as a solo agent. Like, what did your role look like before that 2021 launch? I always say, sort of joke, like, I grew up in KW. I got really lucky. I found this company when I was 22. I mean, that's how Wendy and I met. I was a, you know, bright-eyed probably 24 by the time I met you, and mm-hmm. uh, a 24-year-old who was getting introduced to sort of the world of KW, of Quantum Leap, and KWKC, and and I just wanted a, uh, I knew I really wanted to build something for myself and I wanted to build a really big life. And I, I had just not really seen that done before in my world by females, especially. And so I sort of set out to, to see what I could do to find people who could inspire me to what I could do. And I remember I, I was one of those crazies that actually just went to all the classes and did exactly what they told me to do. I, I didn't try to get fancy. <laughs> and I became a very, because of that, I became a very successful individual agent pretty early. And I, and I have such a vivid memory. I went into my, my team leader or my, the manager one day. And I said, Hey, like I've just, I've hit my ceiling of achievement. I'm, I'm very clear that I've hit my ceiling of achievement. I'm not going to be able to do any more transactions at this time. I'm like not married. I don't have kids. I have, you know, uh, no, no social life because I'm just working all the time. I don't have a goldfish that I'm responsible for. Like I was very clear <laughs> that I, that I would have hit my ceiling and I had nothing else that I was responsible for. So I knew that it was not a sustainable like path forward for me. Yeah. And you couldn't even have time for a goldfish. Didn't even have time for a goldfish. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, so I went into her and I said, this isn't, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So, so what do I do now? I'm, I've hit my ceiling. I don't, I don't know what happens next and, and tell me what to do. And she said, well, now, uh, the way that it's always been done, she specifically phrased it like that would be that you would go get a coach and you would go to the classes. And now we're going to teach you how to hire people and how to fire people and how to build systems and how to build the models and how to do marketing and database and all these things. And I looked at her, I said, I don't, I don't think you heard me. I have too many jobs right now. And this sounds like a whole lot, like many more jobs. And she said, well, this is the way it's always been done. And so I didn't, you know, they never steered me wrong before. So I didn't want to argue. And so I, I went and did those things, got the coach and I did the classes and I started the real estate roller coaster as every individual agent does. I took my eye off, you know, the most important parts of my business, trying to do all these other things. And my business fell. And then I was sort of ping-ponging back and forth. And I said, I hate this. Like, all, all of this sucks. And so I went back in her office about six months later. And I said, hey, thanks so much uh, for all these classes and the guidance. And I don't want to do any of this. And she looked at me and was like, what? And I said, yep, I don't want to do any of this. Somebody before me has figured this out. And I would really just like to pay them to do it. And she said, that doesn't exist. 
that, that that's impossible. The only option you would have would be to join a team. And like I said, at that time, that wasn't the fit for me. I didn't want to have to give it my brand. I didn't want to put my production under them. But the biggest thing is that this was a long time ago now and teams were hot messes. Like they were still early on in their iterations too. True. You know, and alternatively, I didn't want to have to build it out myself. Especially um, in California. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, we never stopped being hot messes out here. But, yeah. um, but yeah. alter- alternatively, I didn't want to build it out myself. But above all, I didn't want to stay where I was. And so sort of by force, I built it out myself. I built an expansion team through California, and then I became a team leader of what at the time was one of the biggest brokerages in California. We had like 500 agents. We're doing $2 billion in sales volume a year. And I remember having like deja vu, Kimber, because an, one of my individual agents came into my office and said, I've hit my ceiling of achievement, and I don't even have a goldfish that I'm responsible for, and I know this isn't sustainable for, for me. And I almost went through the exact same conversation that my team leader before me had gone through. I said, well, you can either build it yourself, you can stay where you are, you can join a team. And finally, I just had this conversation enough times that I said, someone's got to build a better way. Like, someone has to find a better way. And then eventually I just got sick of hearing myself saying that and got sick of waiting for a leader. And so I decided to just become the leader that I was waiting for. I love that. And um, so can I ask you a really important question? Yes. Do you have a goldfish now? I have. Okay. Let's let's unpack this. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. I have a lot of goldfish sentiment going on in, well, in this podcast. I've got a like a big feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I've got a big slimy bulldog who's you know one the second or oh, third. You do. Yeah, well, I what's do. What's your bulldog name again? He's Bu- so cute. Bucky. Bucky the bulldog. Bucky. And and a daughter. <laughs> and a daughter. Yes, we're and, and a daughter <laughs> and and a husband. That said. I'm typically against something like a goldfish because why? I mean, I, I respectfully to everybody who has a goldfish, but like, what does what you can't cuddle it? You're sort of responsible for wow. it. I know. Wow. This is. This is <laughs> but because I just of didn't this. because of this sentiment, <laughs> guess what? Someone got my daughter for her second birthday. Oh, I now fish. own a fish and a beta, a beta fish, a blue yeah. beta fish, and y'all know that that I'm gonna like that beta fish. They're impossible to kill. They're impossible to kill. And then even if it does die, she's so attached to this thing. Like, I'm going to replace this thing, and I'm going to be doing this until she's probably 25, and she, like, one or or she listens to this podcast, whichever comes first, and she knows that mom's been replacing this beta fish for, like, two years. Yeah. Well, do you know, uh, well, they live forever, first of all. And do you know where they come from? I don't know where they come from. So beta fish are native to Africa, and they basically live in these tiny little puddles in Africa. This is why you can literally put them in the bottom of a glass and let them kind of live in their own slimy rep, rep, you know, residue and not have to change their water or anything like that. So, the, so that's the joke is on me because someone got me a like you're not going to be able to kill it. it. I, I was going to say I have an immortal yeah. goldfish. Super. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Like, All right. Awesome. This is, <laughs> this, is uh, this this went somewhere I didn't think it was going to go and I started this really excited and now I'm feeling I feel like you could be a now getting emotion. a lot of beta fish. Yeah. I was I just I about like, to say I feel like PETA is going to be calling us. They're going to be uh-huh. like you know, hold up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> please don't put this out before the holidays. That's all that's going to show up at my door. I'm just going to yeah. get gift after gift of fish. Yeah. Your daughter's going to think you are the coolest. The coolest. <laughs> Even more than she learned. already does. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, speaking of your daughter, um, I know that you didn't necessarily always want to be a mom. I remember when we first had that conversation, you were feeling like maybe you couldn't have both uh, a marriage and uh, be a mom and and really run the business that you want. So 
Tell me about that switch. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the testament to having really incredible women around you, of which you both are are two examples of that. And I remember this was long before I was even ready to start having the conversation about having kids, but I remember this idea of of having it all. And I just never really had seen an example of that before because like I said, my uh, my dad, who was really my example of building something from, you know, sort of a work and finance um, side, had had help around him to be able to do that. And he, my parents were divorced when I was really young, so for a long time he was a single dad, but he still had resources and help around him. And and for me, I just didn't really have an example in my own life personally of a woman who had done, quote unquote, it all and what it all meant to me, because I think this can mean something different to everybody. And so I was really unsure if I was going to be able to do that because I was putting so much energy into building this empire of mine, building these businesses. I just didn't see another free moment anywhere. And I remember I looked up one day and said, okay, well, if I keep telling myself this story, I've got to at least see if it's true. And so I found someone who I thought had it all and what it all meant to me and had, you know, the big life and and the businesses and the investments and the kids and was able to still have a, a life and friends and vacationing. And Wendy, you know, that was you. And I literally cold called you out of the KW, like, Phone I know, book. and it's awkward because it sounds like I teed up that question for I know, you. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> but that is how we met. That like is how we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah, is yeah, how yeah. we but met. I think it's a great story. Yeah. I think it's a great story, and not just because, like, you know, I was on the receiving. Not because the you're the star of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, um, I love that. I feel like but, I do yeah. like it, that part of it. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah, so I called Wendy, and I was like, she's an example of of what it all means to me. And I literally called her, and I said, you don't know me but I know you. Like, that's already weird. And thankfully, uh, Wendy has always been my type of weird, and she took my phone call that day. <laughs> and and, uh, and she not only told me— I feel the same way about you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you not only told me Remember how— you are, too. You're just growing into it. Yes, I am leaning into my weirdness. <laughs> yeah. Weird. yeah. Um, but when you stayed on the phone with me that day, and I can't, you know, how how many other people can say that you could cold that you randomly cold called someone who didn't need to give you the time of day, and and you just asked like, how do you do life? Like that was literally my question. I was like, you are my yeah. example of what it all means to me. How do you do that? And you stayed on the phone with me for an hour that day, telling me how you do it. And, I remember that. And yeah, it was, it was in my office. Yeah, and it was so yeah. impactful for me because it was the first time somebody had said, yeah, you can you can do all of these things and, and you can have it all. This is how you do it. You can't have it all at once. Um, and this is how you do it and how you grow it. And then, I mean, you've been a mentor for me ever since, which I'm also grateful for as I've stumbled along the way, which I have, you know, but it wasn't until I think I was able to conceptualize and digest that, that I could have even thought about being a mom. And now I would say that being a mom has made me the best version of myself for sure. Um, and the best business person for sure. Um, because I just realized how, how much time I wasted before. And also, and also how, how many things didn't matter. Yeah. Imagine if you had four kids like Kimber. Um, that's not in the cards for me. Just so <laughs> like, just, like I have that much time. Yeah, I was going to say, th th I have, 
have, I, everybody forgets, I grew up with seven sisters. So, like, yeah. I know what having that yeah. is like. Uh, and, yeah. and You're like, I've already done that. Yeah, I've already done that. I, I can <laughs> well, check that funny box. Is that Kimber kept having kids because she wanted a girl. Exactly. I was like, I totally get your dad. I was just going to say, you I'm done at four. Like, right. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm, yeah. We're, yeah, I will not be the pat. Yeah. Dad yeah. Like seven, eight, and no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I look at him all the time. I'm like, did after like five or six, did you not get like the hint that this just was not in the cards for you? Wasn't in the cards for like, you. Like this just yeah. was not going to be. Well, for I mean, you. he was playing the odds, so I mean, it's not unrealistic. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, well, and if your mom was willing. Yeah. So. And the great yeah. irony of all of it is that all of his grandchildren are girls. You guys, all of them. Don't say this to me. It's like all my one consolation in my life. I was literally just talking to him last night, and I said, if somebody had a boy, he would just, like, get the keys to the kingdom. And without hesitation, my dad was like, yep, yep, like, yeah. like no questions asked. He's like, can y'all keep going until we solve yeah. this problem? Yeah, exactly. I just don't know that it's in the cards for my family. Evidently, it's it's females only for us. Oh, love I that. love that. Well, I've heard you speak both in my own region, right, Maryland and D.C., and um, I, I loved hearing you at her, her Best Life event. Like, what what is your, one, just evolution into that? We get a lot of people that are like, I want to, like, take that next step in my professional journey and really begin to, like, take all of this life and share it out. Because I think that's really where we get the evidence that this can be done, is that when we're sharing authentically and vulnerably in these spaces. So what's your journey been like going on that um, speaking circuit? Yeah, I think that I kind of fell into it. I mean, I I did my first keynote. Wendy was actually there for my first like bigger keynote from a bigger audience. I did it at a QL summit when I was, I don't know, like 25. And I remember mm-hmm. just being so nervous and thinking like, this is such a stupid story and speech. And literally at the end, and it was just something I wrote that felt right to me, like just really resonated mm-hmm. to me. It was something I totally made up that was like, a tool that I used for myself. And I just thought, I don't know what to talk about because I can't talk about what somebody else has talked about. So I'm just going to talk about something that I actually use and I'll see if other people like it. And I literally remember the self-talk being on that stage, being like, oh my God, this is going to be so stupid and I'm never going to be invited back. And this is just not going to go well. And I get to the end and everybody's dead quiet. And then just everybody stands up and there was like a standing ovation. And I thought, that's good, right? Like that must mean yeah. something good. That's <laughs> yeah. And so then I kind of, and then I realized maybe I'm good at this. Maybe I'm good at the way that I articulate these things or, or just maybe this idea that, that it could be shared. And I think that the evolution for me was just realizing that sometimes what comes, what might come naturally to us or naturally is not the right word, but what comes learned to us. Like some of these things that I now probably take for granted as tools that I use to, to live this life or to get through challenging times or whatever it might be is something someone else could use, right? Like it's not something that I should just own. And if it's valuable to me, it'll likely be valuable to someone else. So I just started getting in the habit of very authentically sharing, even if it didn't, even if I thought to myself, I can't tell you how many keynotes I've done where I'm like, this is dumb. Like no one is going to get value out of this. This seems totally obvious. And those are the ones that people love the most because they're simple and easy to use. And the, mo- the more obvious and clear they are, the, the better they are and the better received they are. And sometimes it's just a validation that somebody is upfront, so to speak, saying what you're thinking. And I think that is really, really important. Yeah, I love that. Well, we just got our feedback back from our Her Best Life event in Nashville. 
uh, which you were a keynote and um, so many, so many kudos. I think you were the number one thing that people noted that they really enjoyed as far as oh. the content goes. So well, thank you. That makes me so yeah, happy to hear. Yeah, you're super talented. Yeah. Do you still get nervous? Well, oh, go ahead. Uh, no. Do you still get nervous? <laughs> I, no, I don't. I don't really get nervous anymore. I think it's well. Rather, I shouldn't say that. It's more. I think. I think if I ever didn't get nervous, it would mean that I didn't care. Like I always get a sense of nerves, more so because I just know that people spent now at, at the level I'm doing it. People spent a lot of time, a lot of money to be there, and it's really important to me that they feel value in the time and money that they spent. Like, that's what I get most nervous about, that I want people to get something out of it, that I want to do my my absolute best, because I, I prepare so that, so that I don't feel nervous about what I'm what I'm presenting, but above all, I want to make sure that the people who are there are, are walk away from it with that exact feedback, that this was something that was really impactful for me. I'm curious, Kimber, do you get nervous still? I mean, you're oh, such for a sure. great speaker. Oh, do you really? No, but for sure. I mean, I, yeah. same, similar to Nikki, though, right? Like, it's because you want to, like, feel like you have, one, communicated the message that you're trying to deliver um, and that you're you're delivering value. I mean, that, when you said, Nikki, like, sort of speaking to, to your own experience, right? This sort of statement of, like, that, which is deeply personal is universal, continues to just ring true, I think, as, as we think about, especially for women. We just did uh, a podcast on imposter syndrome. And this idea that like, you know, like realizing that that was like a syndrome, like it was actually like this idea of like a sickness for high performing women. And part of it's because we just weren't talking about some of the challenges that we had and we would get on the stage, people get on the stage and it's all shiny and nice. And the reality is like when you can put the armor down, right, of a Brene Brown and really show what it is, people connect in a way and are inspired in a way that can really impact lives. I think it also hopefully inspires a lot of women to take a stand for things that they know to be true but aren't seeing anywhere else. Like I, I for example, I, I did a, a video on my social media about I had a friend who came to me and was just feeling totally burned out. And she went to her partner and said, like, you and I do not distribute loads equally. I'm sure every woman listening to this podcast can can relate to this. But she was talking to me about it and she said, you know, I went to my partner and I said, we don't distribute loads equally. And her partner said, well, just tell me what you need me to do and and I'll do it. And she said, I don't know why, Nikki, but I'm feeling so angry and I don't feel like I got the help that I needed. And I said, well, because you still own the mental load of thinking of all of the things that need to be done. You're not actually getting help. That's the equivalent of you having an employee who waits every day for you to walk in the door and say, what should I do for work today? That's not actually leverage. And she was like, oh my gosh you're right. And I said, I know, because I've been there too, right? And so I made a social media post about it and it like went viral and a bunch of people were sharing it because it was a, a not because what I said was so good, but it was a way for someone to say, I've been feeling this. This is someone who's able to articulate what I'm feeling inside and telling me that, that I'm not crazy and that this is real and this isn't right and we need to bring it to solution. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, since we're on the subject of speaking, what's the most awkward moment maybe you've had in business or as a speaker? Ooh. Speaking of taking the armor off. The most awkward? I feel like that's almost like a before kid, after kid question. <laughs> I know. I, the most awkward. Yeah, the most awkward moment you've had. I mean, it's on, like, on stage. I've, like, done the silly things. Like, I've fallen on stage for sure. Oh, you know what? I got it. Wendy, you probably don't even know this. But, um, so I had a hot mic situation at, 
at, we were teaching together, and now I don't want to say where it was, but it was like being recorded, and the like camera guy came up to me after, you didn't have a hot mic, you're looking at me like you're worried, you didn't have a hot mic situation, I had a hot mic situation, and I was like talking to you, I was like, oh, oh. my god, I have to pee so bad, and I just like need to go to the bathroom, and I was having a whole discussion with you about it, and it's all on the tape, and I did not find out until afterward that the whole, like they could hear yeah, the whole that. thing. Was that when we were teaching at... Uh, Together? Yes. <laughs> and like they heard oh the gosh. whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm humiliated. Uh -huh. Like the camera guy came up to me after and was very cool about it because oh I have to imagine it's not the first time it's happened to him. But he was like, I can hear everything oh. you're saying. I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm mic'd up. And he's like, no, 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 Nikki. Like I can hear everything you're saying. And I was like, oh, oh, sorry about that. Like <laughs> that's probably my well, worst Hopefully one. it didn't get recorded. Oh, like it did. I mean, they took yeah, it off afterward. I had to, like, let everybody know. But that's probably my most awkward. Oh, well, that's every speaker's nightmare. I know. Literally. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally. Well, literally. now I have, like, yeah. a whole routine now if I, like, have to go to the bathroom or I have to say something to somebody. I have, like, a whole routine. I, like, unplug the mic. I'm, like, crazy about it now because ever since then I'm, like, totally freaked out that I'm going to say something that somebody should not hear. And not only will it be out there, but it'll be recorded. So that's probably my worst one. I, I love it. that. It is definitely one of my biggest, like, oh my gosh. I'm always like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. All right. So I want to, let's talk to your daughter a little bit more. Cause I feel like there's like a whole different world of, of, I think how we see ourselves and how we can do hard things and time block all the things. But what do you want? Like when your daughter is on a podcast talking about how amazing her mom was, what do you want her to be able to say about you? Uh, when, you know, she's your age. Ever since my daughter was literally born, I I will not leave her without, we say, I mean, now she's three, um, three and a half, so she can speak, but she, every time I leave her, I say, you are brave, you are strong, you are smart, you are important, and you can do hard things. And now she says it, so when I leave her at school, when I drop her off, she says, I am brave, I am strong, I'm smart, I'm important, and I can do hard things. And I think that in watching her, the evolution that I've had is that I realize there's so much that is innate to us as human beings. Like I watch her and there's so much that she just knows, like that that I don't have to teach her. And the example I always give is, is you know, when she was learning to walk, she was terrible at it. She would fall over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, never once did she pick her head up and say, I like, maybe this isn't for me, mom. Like maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be a walker. Uh, she just kept trying. And so I sort of had this <laughs> aha moment with her. Yeah. Bipedalism isn't yeah, for me. Exactly. Like I'm just going to give up this thing. <laughs> and so I sort of had this moment and the same thing, like she doesn't get embarrassed when she doesn't know a word or when she messes something up or when she can't figure something out, she stays with it if it matters to her. And I just sort of had this moment in watching her. I said, maybe there's not a whole lot I actually have to be able to teach her. Maybe there's just a lot that I want to make sure that she doesn't have to unlearn when she's an adult. And so that's sort of been my quest with her, that there's just less that when she becomes older and grows up that, that she has to unlearn. Because so much of what I do as a coach is helping people to overcome and remove limiting beliefs. Like maybe, maybe all of that is learned. And maybe my job as a parent is just to the best of my ability, protect her from learning those, those negative things and allow her to just come back to what is actually innate. 
And I think that there's so much inherently that we know that we second guess because of what people tell us or the limiting beliefs that they impose upon us. So I would say that my biggest job is to, to make less for her to unlearn and also for her to just remember that, like I said, she's brave, strong, smart, and important, and she can do hard things. Beautiful. So good. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I love that. And that's a perfect place to wrap. Um, So thank you so much for joining us today, Nikki. Uh, Your story is remarkable and inspiring. Um, You're so young and you've accomplished so much. And it's it's been fun to watch your star rise uh, through the ranks of Keller Williams and now these uh, companies that you're building on your own and being a part of the one thing. And uh, it's just fun to, it's just been fun to have been there and been a part of your journey. So um, congratulations on that. And I hope that you will continue uh, like the rest of us to go out there and build big businesses and an even bigger life. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki.